Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Okay, we're live, and this is the Better Pleasure Podcast, and this is episode, what did I say it was going to be? 83, 82? <laughs> I think so we forgot. The 80s. <laughs> I think we forgot already. Uh, this is podcast episode 81. 81. Wow. 81 um, podcast. So we haven't done one in around four weeks probably because I've been out of town doing my thing. <laughs> um, but um, we are kind of back at it. Today we're going to go a little bit more into um, some topics uh, or the main topic we're going to talk about is sex addiction. And um, we've talked about this topic many times, Peter. We have. So what are we going to do different today? <laughs> 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 to make this thing different and cool and awesome so people want to check it out and go, man, what is this all about? <laughs> um, what do you think? Well, do you want to go into why we why we wrote this new paper? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there is a background with this paper, uh, and we're trying to kind of nail it together. It's not totally complete. Yeah. And um, and we have a, a board that's kind of reviewing this, and they're kind of putting more stuff in it as well. So it'll be more complete. But a lot of the stuff we can talk about, and 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 it'll be in there no matter what. I'm sure you know some form of it. <laughs> um, it's not going to change that much. I guess that's my point. Right. Um, but me and Peter worked with a ministry called Setting Captives Free, and I want to kind of take it back there real quick, and. Setting Captives Free was an online uh, website. It was a portal that you can go into and sign up for a purity class. This purity class was a Bible-based purity class. It was a 60-day course. Today, you can actually go to settingcaptivesfree.com. That's settingcaptivesfree.com, and you can take that uh, class. They've done some alterations on it. Um, and but it's still there now the point being is that we really enjoyed that um, I took the course back in 2006 and 7 somewhere in there mm. and it was through that course that really man I gained just a ton of freedom and have had um, an amazing uh, kind of free walk with the Lord really since that period um, it hasn't been perfect but I would say it's been a relatively wonderful, free life with Christ. Just haven't felt um, bondage riddled hmm. um, by this stuff. Meaning I felt have always been able to just say, hey, um, I mean, uh, for the most part, to be able to put things aside and not um, delve into them um, in kind of an addictive way. Right. Where... Um, and uh, and when we say addictive way, we're kind of talking about maybe a uh, a compulsive behavior that's happening all the time. Right. And um, when we say all the time, we're meaning usually we're talking about like every day. It's compulsive. You right. know, people are viewing porn every day on their phones or whatever they're doing. Um. Um. And Peter, you took it back in I don't know two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. 
and and Peter's had also that that relative um you know what we call just a, a freedom uh, from that compulsion to to get back in there and 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 um and watch porn on a regular basis in his life so we both have been uh kind of was impacted by the work of setting captives free and and that online portal that's available to you today if you're out there and you go man you know what uh, i kind of um you know, would love to do like a, a a Bible study on these kind of concepts. You know, purity. They have one on depression. They have other stuff too. Um, you can go there at settingcaptivesfree.com and take them. Now, the basis of their ministry really has always been, in my opinion, has always been a real um, kind of biblical heavy and um, a identity in Christ methodology for helping people to move away from unwanted lustful behavior. And when we say unwa- unwanted, we the reason why I say that is because there's many people that do what a Christian might do in quote struggling with sexual sin, but they don't see it as a problem. So they don't have any anxiety over it. They're not stressed out about it, you know. Um, but the Christian tends to be stressed about it, anxiety-filled, you know, riddled and all this with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, he, he wants to change. And so we're saying those that, that have unwanted, they don't want to do something. Um, we've always saw this this wonderful, what we call kind of, identity methodology meaning you, it's who you are meaning the workbook of uh, setting captives free has always been about who you are in Christ and understanding who you are in Christ and what that exactly means and what the gospel is and um, and how that applies to um, a walk um, a daily walk you know with God um, what it looks like um, and so that's kind of what we've always stressed and and over the years, it seems like, even since we've been doing the ministry together, it seems like there's been an increase in maybe a sexual addiction methodology, huh? Yeah. And do you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, no, I, I, I would. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, like Bo said, uh, I also was heavily influenced by the Setting Captives Free ministry and by Bo himself and his impact in my life. And uh, back when I was first getting involved I, I mean there was a presence for sure of an uh of people saying the words like porn addiction sex addiction stuff like that um that's definitely something that's been around since uh, i first took the class but uh, i absolutely believe that it is growing very heavily inside the christian church um i remember when i first took the course in fact uh a lot of people in the church didn't even mention um, the idea of pornography or sexuality. They they felt like a lot of pastors and ministries like felt kind of uncomfortable even saying those words. Yeah, even know? not too long ago. Yeah, not too long ago. It was like, it was weird. Like I, I would listen to pa- uh, pastors and it was, it was actually considered like hardcore if a pastor even said the word porn. 
like in his sermon. What? <laughs> it's like, whoa, you what know. What are like you talking about, man? I remember talking to people and be like, man, like our pastor gets like real, you know, like, <laughs> like last week he talked about, he talked about porn, you know, and like, so my issue was that because people didn't talk about it, um, there was like a, a secrecy to the sin. There was like a darkness to the sin where I felt just like very alienated in the body of Christ. Like there was something like inherently wrong with me that I was like the only one who struggled in this particular particular way. Mm. Um, and that, that really like messed me up. And the setting captives free, what it did is I think one of the biggest things it actually did was just kind of show me that um, the the struggle was something that was universal that I was not alone in it, that there was many people and it was through talking to Bo and being hooked up with a mentor on setting captives free and being able to read other students and what they were writing in their courses um, that really, really uh, helped me in, in massive ways. But like Bo said, the, the primary thing that really impacted me was this idea of having a new identity in Christ, that it's not a, it, the setting captives free course was never about um, behavior modification therapy meaning it wasn't about just like trying to make someone a slightly better version of themselves mm. um, the idea of setting captives free was a, an affirming of the identity that you already had in Christ and then working in that framework mm. um, that was that was really revolutionary for me because it showed me that um, I realized that my struggle with porn um, was a struggle to get back into the good graces of God like I felt like I was on the outs with God and I needed to defeat this sin in order to have um, a relationship with Christ. And so when Bo says that like the setting captives free course like really enabled us to go into freedom with Christ, we don't mean that we don't struggle anymore, which is how I used to define freedom. Um, what we mean is that as Jesus says, you know, anyone who sins is a slave to sin, but if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That the consequences of sin that separate us from our loving Father have been removed by the grace of Jesus Christ. They are completely removed, and by His grace alone, we are delivered from each individual sin issue. But it was really important for me to get that drilled into my head that I was already in a good relationship with God. I was already covered in grace. I was already loved, even in the midst of uh, my struggle against lust and pornography. God still was for me and on my side. And like when I read stuff like that, it instantly set me free. I instantly felt far more free from uh, my lustful issues than I had ever been. And I had gone like, I'd gone a year and a half without viewing porn and I never felt free in that year and a half mm. because I was always terrified of falling back into it because I defined freedom as never struggling again. And if you define freedom that way, then it's like you're never free because you're never free until you die. And then you can honestly say, I'm never struggle again. But I was always just waiting for that struggle to come back because it always did. And so I was always terrified of it. And that, that fear actually brought separation between me and God. And there was no joy in my pursuit of the Lord. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I felt instantly free when I started to understand these truths. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, how, it's like fighting, fighting something either for approval or from approval. Right. And so what we learned is that, oh, man, we, we get to fight this from approval. Yeah. And so, you know, passages really popped off the page 
you know at us in the bible that and that's what this study kind of the the purity study went through yeah. uh, i think of uh, titus 2 uh, 11 for the grace of god that brings salvation has appeared to all men what is the grace done it teaches us to deny ungodliness so grace does this yeah. you know it is the goodness of god that leads us to repentance yeah. um um, and if the goodness of God is for you, if he, if he's in you, then he's for you. He's, he's <laughs> already there, man. He's already, he loves you. So it's, and, and, and this always has hit us because most of the guys that have come to us over the years in, in this ministry, ha- we always are trying to encourage them about their identity in Christ because they're always thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm probably not in the kingdom. I pro- I have to get this thing squared away. I got to get this right. Yeah. Um, and um, and, and th- so they're always striving for approval, right. which is a real old covenant way of looking at a relationship with God, huh, Peter? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think of Romans 8, where Paul is speaking in Romans 8 to, obviously, the, the Roman church. And he talks to them. He says, we did not receive, again, a spirit of bondage and slavery, but we have received a new spirit by which we call out Abba, Father. You know, and so when Paul says that again in Romans 8, he's referencing the Old Covenant. Because in the Old Covenant, um, you had to keep the commandments of God or else you lost the protection and the grace of God. God's presence would actually leave the people of Israel if they rebelled against the covenant. But Paul says we don't have that kind of covenant. We have a covenant where we could cry out, Abba, Father. And, you know, I've, me and my dad, you know, we've had times in our relationship where things haven't been too great. But there's never been a time in my relationship with my father where he ceased to be my father, Mm. where I felt like I needed to do something to make him my dad again. Um, Like I've always been his son. I've always had that assurance of his love and his care for me, even when when we had uh, arguments and disagreements. Um, And what Paul's saying is like that is our relationship with God, that you need to see him as a father, that he's a father by nature of your new nature. That by your being born again, you are born again into the inheritance of God. And that is who you are as a Christian. And a son is a son by nature, not by action. Meaning a son can't cease to be a son by failing. And a son can't become a son through doing good works. It's just by his nature. He's a son. And Paul says the spirit communes with our spirit to assure us that we are sons of God. So that, that, was, uh, that was amazing things for me to understand. And the reason why... Uh, talking about sex addiction now is because uh now that the church is talking more about sexuality and pornography i don't necessarily see it as a better thing because back in the day like they didn't talk about it at all and that kept people in the dark and and there was (laughs) issues but now it's like we're talking about it but we're talking about it with this incredible shaming language why has this always happened um where it seems like this is just the constant (laughs) go around that it's like the hamster in the cage man we're just like you know what we, we do this all the time where when we finally when the church does get around it's like <laughs> dealing with something it always tends to demonize it tends to really <coughs> kind of go man that <coughs> that evil thing you know it kind of goes in that direction yeah um and of course there's something to demonize here and that's 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 pornography and um and so the word pornography becomes kind of this label Hmm. that that um you know and and the church it sometimes is not good on clarifying what what 
what it's saying when it's saying when it's using pornography what do you mean by that today <laughs> i mean i mean we live in a, a a a very quote pornified culture there's many books that uh, have been written on that um so what exactly do we mean by you know pornification right uh, so when someone's saying you know porn is the problem porn messes up marriages porn does this porn does that I've always looked at it as well. No, not let's not demonize porn. Let's always look at lust. Right. You know, because uh, I think of Jesus and what Jesus says is not what goes into a man's heart that that defiles him, but it's what comes out and and all these things that are in our heart. You know, um, and was there was there lust before porn? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there lust in the Bible? Yeah. Uh, you know, do people who are friends with God you know do they lust in the Bible yeah mm. um, so so you know we, we have to be careful how we use these terms right. and, and, and what we're referencing um, and it seems like the church doesn't do the greatest maybe job at that right where you, you know, know talk about like the number one thing that you can do where it's like before the church started talking about you know sexuality and pornography and stuff like that where, you know, I absolutely agree with you, Bo, that I feel like they're talking about it, but they're talking about it using broad terms and they never get specific about what they mean. Uh, but back in the day where it wasn't talked about, it's like that hurt my understanding of my identity with Christ because I believe that I was committing a sin that wasn't understood or regularly um, dealt with in the body of Christ. So I felt ostracized and alienated. But now that we've slapped labels on it, it's like I feel like I would I would actually have to talk to someone who's kind of grown up in this new church culture to really get it. But I feel like it would be worse than the way that I felt because it's like now you're I mean, talk about something that would destroy your understanding of your identity with Christ is giving you a brand new identity that is completely based on works. Right? It's completely based on what you do. Um, now we're going to label you with a new identity of a sex addict or a porn addict. And, like, how could you possibly, in one sentence, say, like, I am a porn addict, but I am also a son of God and a child of God. And I don't feel like many people could do that. Like, many people could make that leap because of what a loaded and unbelievably shaming term ad addict is. Yeah, because when, you know, we hear, you know, sex addiction, the term sex addiction and porn addiction is now, is now mainstream. Right. So it's used for so many different situations tiger woods right you know cheats on his wife he's a sex addict right you know the guy who uh was uh hollywood um the uh, the i don't know if he was a producer or who he was but harvey weinstein yeah harvey weinstein yeah. you know and and now it's like oh man he's a sex addict right um you know and and, and, and it seems like anybody who has any sexual deviancy um, that the culture deems a deviant sexual behavior right. is somehow an addict. Right. Um, so it used to be like that with so many different sexual behaviors. Right. And now some sexual behaviors are are, set, are okay within the culture, but other ones still aren't. Right. And the ones that still aren't are, you know, this addiction label snaps on there uh, or puts on there. But I guess my point is, is that, you know, we label the 13 year old kid who masturbated to porn a porn addict right and we label the the other guy who murdered mass murdered people 
who said he watched porn, a porn addict. Right. And we kind of put them, (laughs) that label. They're in the same category. Yeah, that label did it. You know, it's like, and so when someone says, hey, you're a sex addict, even in in the body of Christ, that that now carries this like, whoa. You know, that identity that you're saying it's hard to, it's hard to just see yourself in a positive way as a child of God. And like, oh yeah, God's for me. Oh man, dude, I'm I'm like in Christ. I'm already forgiven. Yeah. You know, I'm already seated in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter one. I'm already glorified. Ephesians chapter one. Right. You know, <clears throat> man, I'm already free. I'm already redeemed. Yeah. He's able to present me blameless. Colossians chapter one. Right. Um. You know, he he has already done that. Right. So. I'm good to go, man. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. You know, there is none of that. Right. Right. It can't. It can't coexist. Like that negative, that negative self-identity cannot coexist with that, what you were just quoting. You know, the idea of, man, like I'm, I'm accepted. I'm redeemed. I will be glorified by the grace of God alone. You know, like that, that understanding can't coexist with the idea of mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an addict. Like I'm in this horrible negative category. Yeah. And, and, and speaking on the broad definition of sexual bondage, this is in a very popular series, evangelical Christian series on sex addiction that many, many people go to. But it says in the, it, it's defining sexual bondage. And it says, um, in this context of the series, sexual addiction refers to a broad spectrum of sexual sins, which a person cannot break. To name a few, if you cannot stop watching pornography, masturbating, having sexual fantasies, or engaging in sexual activities outside of the marriage covenant, then you are most likely in sexual bondage. I just want to <laughs> point something out. That <laughs> I knew like you would. This is so crazy <laughs> to me that that's, that's the list, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, you could you could go about <laughs> it and be like, okay, you're in sexual bondage if you're yeah, ha- constantly having affairs and your wife is up. But one of the things in that list was having sexual fantasies. And it's like, y- you're telling me that if you struggle with sexual lust, like you have fantasies, you are necessarily in sexual bondage. You know, you, you now carry this heavy label that includes, by the way, includes people who commit adultery in the marriage and people who, you know, it's a it's mass murderer who and watches a, yeah. porn. Like Jeffrey, I'm referring to the Jeffrey Dahmer yeah, story. Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, yeah, that, those kind of things. Maybe it's not Jeffrey Dahmer, Dahmer. maybe it was Ted I think Bundy. It was Ted Bundy, yeah. Okay. But yeah, and, and that's like nuts where, you know, a 13 year old kid who's, you know, doing what 13 year old kids do, and he's curious, and he's viewing pornography, and he's masturbating. Where, you know, that that's totally something that's going to probably happen to most 13-year-old boys and girls now. Um, they're going to look at this and be like, I am now in the same category as someone who commits adultery. Yeah. And that language is so destructive because, you know, I know when me and you counsel people, you know, especially women, they have so absorbed this language, uh, especially wives, that they believe that if my husband viewed pornography, it is the same thing as if he committed adultery on me as if he literally went to another woman and had sex with her. It's the same thing. Um, and they can't even separate the fact that no, it's, it's different. Right. When Jesus says, if you look at a woman in a lustful way, it's the same or You've committed adultery in your heart. Right. He's not necessarily saying that you've committed adultery. Right. Right. Which is hardcore because if that was what Jesus was saying, the penalty for adultery was death. So and Jesus was he hadn't died yet he hadn't risen again so that means that the old covenant was still in force so 
either you got to listen to the Sermon on the Mount and be like, and think that Jesus is calling for the death penalty on everybody, you know, on everybody, because he's saying if you lust after someone in your heart, you've already committed adultery. That means that Jesus is saying, dude, you're you're all should be stoned to death right now. And that's clearly not what he's getting at. I mean, he is getting at the fact that before God, we're all deserving separation and wrath from him. Right. But he's not getting at the fact that in a civil, in a society, we should treat people who lust in their heart the same way as people who commit adultery. That's certainly not what he's getting at. Yeah. So so when it talks about all these these it names a few, just a few, you know, of being of being um, part of sexual addiction, it says then you are most likely in sexual bondage. Right. Um, you may experience periods periods of abstinence for weeks, months, or years. Gosh. <laughs> but you've never been able to stop your behavior. And that's exactly, you know, like what I was saying in the beginning, that's exactly where I was, where it's like I had time of freedom. I had time where I wasn't engaging, but I never felt free because of lines like that, because of people saying things like that, where if your definition of not being sexual bondage is you never do it again, then that means that no one is actually free. Because, like I said, unless you die, unless you yeah, dead. well, you don't. Well, you don't have any security in freedom. Yeah. Because you're you don't know if yeah. you're going to <laughs> ever stumble again. That's right. You could go in years. You could have. And, I mean, can you imagine? And someone could say to you, like, "Hey, are you free?" And you could say, "Well, I don't know, because yeah. I might fall." That's right. I mean, honestly, you know, people who are listening, scrutinize your own heart and honestly ask yourself. Have you ever gone years without ever having a sexual fantasy? You know, years. Never had any lustful thought towards someone else other than your spouse. You know, I don't think any Christian can honestly with a straight face say, yes, I have never, ever thought lustfully towards anyone but my spouse in years. And if you have then I would recommend you read or just read over Charles Spurgeon's sermons and read the uh, monk Thomas Kempis um, and just read some of their writing and they're beautiful, man. Yeah. But even those guys who you would think are solid, man, in Christ, I mean, they have some amazing confessions. Right, of, of issues because we all have them. And and again, it's this it's this very, very loaded um, very, very heavy terminology that really like breaks people apart where, you know, the, the idea of like, what do you mean when you say sexual bondage? What do you mean by saying sexual addiction? And I don't, I don't like the definition that he gave. If someone wants to use terms like that, that's okay with me, but it's just, what do you mean when you say them? That's where I have an issue. If you're saying that they're an, a sex addict, as in they have a disease means there's something intrinsically wrong with them that is different than everybody else and they be therefore they will always fall to this issue and there really isn't any hope if that's what you mean i disagree with that if you mean that it's someone who like this person is saying someone who struggles at all in the sexual arena and therefore you're in bondage to it and the insinuation there is is not like um, like if you were if you were to go all out with that and and take it to the logical conclusion and say 
That means that we are all in sexual bondage to one degree or another, and we all need to understand the liberality that we have in Christ and what he did for us on the cross. If that's what he said after that, I'd be like, okay. But if instead he says, but you can get out of sexual bondage, that there are people out there that are just, they just don't struggle anymore. And that's when you are free. That's freedom. Is you no longer do any of those things on the list ever again. Yeah, and what we're saying is that what we're trying to do is in the ministry is define freedom, just how the Bible is defining freedom. Right. It is defining freedom as a work of Jesus Christ for us right. and not the works we can do right. to find freedom right. from our, our sin through right. our, our ability. Right. And because this is, to me, this is confusing. You may experience periods of abstinence for weeks, months, or years. Now, this is the confusing part, but you've never been able to stop your behavior. Wait, you just said they stopped for a week or weeks. You just said they stopped for months. And then you just said they stopped for years. (laughs) But they've never stopped. But they've never stopped their behavior. Because if you ever fall again, then you never stopped your behavior. Never stopped your behavior. Yeah, like that is that is so odd to me. Right. You like how does that work? Is that Christian perfectionism? Right. Is that where we're? Is that where where it's leaning? Right. Uh, which is the idea that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, that we have the now ability to become perfect. Maybe not quite like Christ, but certainly closer, <laughs> you know, maybe really close, right. you know, on, on the earth. Is that, is that, to me that, if you read that, it just sounds so confusing. Right. You know, so a guy who goes to, a guy who, I mean, would you even want to confess after two years of freedom right. that you've thought of something? Right. Or that you masturbated? Because that means that if you consider yourself free and then you fall again, that means that your previous confession was a lie. You know, and yeah, you, you didn't you were never free. You, didn't, you didn't deal. And then what happens is it, it, it puts you into a, a, a methodology, sexual addiction. And we'll talk about that next time. Right. But then what it's going to say is that, well, no, there's more things you're, you're denying. Right. There's something you're not getting at in your past. Right. You know, there's something more we got to dig up. Right. You know, and. And that's where I think it really starts getting a little a little dangerous right it could get it could get very extremely dangerous absolutely and yeah and yeah so you want to take more n- next time yeah we'll have to we'll have to take yeah. more next time because we could talk about this you know for a long time but um anyway it's interesting and this is that was page nine i mean i just got to page nine of th- of this sec- this thing right but uh, we're not going to go through it but but that's a good i thought it would be a good thing to show just how um, when we use the term sex addiction, it is so broad right. and it is so heavy that it becomes kind of confusing right. uh, as far as the terms that we're using, what they mean nowadays anyway. Right. So anyway, it's a neat topic. Uh, we would ask you guys to just uh, read the Bible, study the Bible, <laughs> get in the <laughs> Word, man. Um, the Bible says that it has everything that pertains, all the precious promises of God that pertains mm-hmm. to godliness mm-hmm. in life. So um there it is. If it uh, if it has everything that uh, we need that pertains to life and godliness, then guess what? I guess it has everything <laughs> that we need, right? That's right. I guess it has everything we need. So, um, you know, let's just uh, look into there. I would encourage people to do that. So, hey, thanks for checking us out on this podcast. Uh, we hope um, you guys are doing well, and uh, we'll keep talking about this next time, okay? So take care, guys. Thanks for uh, watching and listening.
Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Whoa!